Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Welcome back to another episode of A Better Way podcast. Today we are joined by Sarah Jane from Voicia Media, and she is going to talk to talk to us about her business that started just this past January, um, how she transitioned from uh, you know doing this professionally, not for herself in a, in a in within an organization, and now to her own business. Um, and how she balances that with being a mom and all of the fun things that the last couple years have brought to moms and business owners and things like that. So welcome, Sarah Jane. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, Why don't you start us off with what you were doing before and how you made the decision to go into business for yourself? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of us as entrepreneurs have the spirit. So it's just like a given, you know, at some point you start a business or maybe you've started several. So like as a kid, you know, I was definitely doing the lemonade stands and all that and like running the show. And I see this all in my daughter now too. It's like hitting me in the face, like such a little (laughs) boss. Um, So I, you know, background, I studied theater. So social media is kind of like a weird segue. Um, But I, I became, um, when we moved down to Plymouth, I started working for a small business locally, and then I got pregnant with my daughter. And so I had done social media for some of the companies I worked for in Boston, not necessarily as my sole title, but it was like part of the job description. So I was like, Hey, can I do this for you guys and beef up your socials while I stay home with my baby? (laughs) And they absolutely agreed. They didn't want to lose me, which was like such a gift, um, especially in that first like year and a half of Lumi's life. Um, and so last October, like it was around Halloween, I started talking to my husband and I was like, I'm just itching to do my own thing. Um, not because it wasn't working out well, but I just felt like this calling of like all of these women and these small businesses have just been put through the ringer in 2020 for Mm -hmm. COVID and everything. And I was like, social media is such a crucial component if something like this were to ever happen again, to keep your business afloat, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, Obviously building an email list too, in case it crashes like it did last Monday. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) nonetheless, um, yeah. So I just thought like, okay, I I love women. I want to help them uh, as best I can. And so I just kind of was like, all right, let's go for it. I reached out to a few small business owners that I could do like pro bono work to see if it start could stick. Um, and if my ideas had any like salt with them and, um, and yeah, it's really just kind of taken on like this whole world all on its own. That's amazing. 
Yeah. I love that. One quick question I have is, so it's been a really natural progression, it seems for you. And you kind of moved from doing something in what is it safe to call like a freelance capacity or in a contractor capacity for those brands you were working with to then going off and building your own business. And one of the things that I think could be really interesting for our listeners, and I know is interesting for me is I followed a similar path where I do brand strategy and marketing strategy. And I did that in an agency setting. And now I've taken that out and I'm building my own business. But I'm realizing that as I'm doing that, I'm kind of constantly learning with each client what works, what doesn't, and refining my process and my packages and my systems. And so was there a transition period and maybe you're still going through it between what you did for the brands as a contractor and how you're building your businesses and your packages and your scope in how you serve your clients? Yes. So I, you know, the strategy part and the education on my end didn't really take off until I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. Let me start educating myself. So then, you know, all the knowledge that comes with that obviously made some huge hard left turns um, as far as the way I approach social media in general. Um, So it was like basically taking a steroid and being like, here we go. Um, And then like since starting my business. So I started out as like, I'm just going to coach these women on how to have success with their socials. And then what I quickly in the first six months realized is these gals just want it done for them. So Uh (laughs) because it's so time consuming, you know, and to think about everything that goes into your socials on top of your business is like exhausting. Right. So, um, I do coaching as well still, because I do have a few clients that, you know, they love doing it. That's like their favorite thing to just show up and be on social media. Um, but they just want a little guidance and then, you know, really taking on like the brunt of my business now is my social media management clients where we take care of it for you. That's amazing. Um, I've kind of, I've navigated a similar path where originally I thought I was going to be doing mostly consulting, but then I realized people want it done for them. And when they're hiring someone, it's because it's not their zone of genius. They want to pay someone. They want to have some say, but they want to see it done. And then they want to see the results and see how we're going to grow from there. Um, So that's really interesting just to understand that you've kind of experienced a similar um, journey in your service providing. Um, What So where are you today in terms of um, the services you offer and how you've kind of grown your reach and awareness of your services? Yeah. So, I mean, I have word of mouth, the chamber of commerce and social media is pretty much like it as far as Mm -hmm. growing my reach. Um, You know, obviously reels on Instagram is a huge thing right now, uh, which I love. And so that really helped me in the beginning and just being able to start showing up and providing value in my content, which is obviously where I start with all of my clients. Um, I have literally hardly been posting or doing anything lately because I'm so like swamped. Um, and it is still just me. I'm working on outsourcing, but you know, we all drag our feet on that one a little bit, I think, (laughs) because it's scary. 
Um, so I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or not, but as far as like the way that I've gone about growing my reach, it's, you know, I've done a couple of workshops through the Plymouth Chamber of Commerce. And if there is a chamber in your area, I highly suggest even for solopreneurs, which at first I was like, I don't know that this is really relevant for me or if I should be joining something like this. They have been amazing. And I can't speak for other chambers, but I've done workshops with them and they've floated me in those beginning months when I needed income and I didn't have, you know, my name out there all the time um, yet. And so now that that's starting to beef up, you know, I do have people on retainer and I have people like waiting to get on board in next year. So um, obviously I'm a so there's only so much you can take on because my family comes first and my daughter comes first. So setting those boundaries, um, although not easy, um, it's nice to have to, to be in a place where you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to dig into this local piece because mm-hmm. Courtney has been telling me <laughs> about a year now that I need to, yes, continue with social media, but also really get involved in local I don't know, chamber. I don't know. I don't know. But you, but for our listeners, um, Sarah Jane and I are actually local to each other. Mm. So tell me more about tangibly, what have you gotten out of the, obviously the workshop that you did, but what else have you gotten out of being a member of the chamber and, and how would you suggest people go about that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it depends on what you're, you offer, right? So like right. if you're doing like a, a workshop to help moms, you know, just like understand the basic things that they need to have in their pantry, right. For their little kids, like that would probably be a great little workshop. Um, they also send out a net, a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for an e-blast like every Friday and you can put any graphic, any, you know, flyer, anything happening for your business in that, Um, and that's really, you know, obviously do your research as far as like, what does their database look like? Like how many people are we really sending this to? And is it going to be worth my time? As far as networking events, I have like, I don't do them because (laughs) they give me anxiety, (laughs) which is, and also, you know, we can touch on this in a little bit, but I don't drink. And I feel like the culture of a lot of events as far as networking goes, revolve around that. Not all by any means. Like today, the chamber had a net walking event. Um, Did I go? No, but it's there nonetheless, if I wanted to. Um, So like I avoid like certain social situations like that because of like truly like personal anxieties and just not wanting to be in situations that um, don't serve my highest self. Um, But as far as like making the choice to join and, and reach out to those people, you know, you can do a lot on social media. You can search the hashtags of your area and you can connect with people in that way. Um, but I think what 2020 taught us was that we really do need that like heart to heart personal connection, mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, feels uncomfortable or we don't want to do it all the time. So I just set a goal, like, once every three to six months, I'm going to do something as far as networking goes, just so I can have shown my face and put myself out there and check the box. Basically. There's two things I love about this. Like one, Danielle and I were just chatting yesterday 
with our friend Susie about how like what feels good for everyone is different and like lean into what feels good. So like you don't go to a networking event just because everyone says you should go to a networking event. Cause if you're anxious about it, you're not going to get anything out of it because that's going to rub off too. But the second thing I love is that you mentioned like you are offering social media services, but social media will only get you so far in that likely especially if you're working with small local businesses, that owner is not probably not social media savvy, but they need the help. Maybe they're not even aware that they need the help. They're probably not going to be going in and searching for people on Instagram. They're going to be checking LinkedIn or Googling or they're because they're not savvy, they may not be using the channels in the way that you think that they are or you hope that the end customer or user is. And so reverse engineering how those business owners are thinking and where they are and meeting them there, as opposed to expecting them to show up where you are, I think is really important. So I love that advice. Yeah, no, so true, Courtney. Mm -hmm. How many of your clients are local versus people who have found you through social media? So great question. So pretty much everyone that I'm working with currently is in Massachusetts, they may be like out West Mass um, or North Shore, but they're at least around. Um, and so, yeah, I would say all but one of them right now found me through social media. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And the other one was the Chamber of Commerce. So you do work for them. No, no. Oh, so you I'm sorry. That, that yes. person came from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I do help them. Um, but it was kind of like a trade thing too. Like, yeah, it's, it's such great exposure for me to like help them with their reels and that type of thing. So obviously I offered in that way. Um, yeah, I feel, I just, I think my inclination of a chamber of commerce is like super old school. Everyone's wearing a suit, like, you know, like the realtors of your town belong to it. And like, it's just a, old stodgy thing. And so I think that's my viewpoint in my head, but. So it was, it was mine too. And I should, I should be forthcoming here. So the executive director of the Plymouth area chamber of commerce was my neighbor who we just moved two streets over from Mm -hmm. her name is Amy Naples. She's incredible. Um, young, vibrant, her team is young and vibrant. And so I do think it depends on who, which chamber you're joining. I know area chamber is what they are. So they do surrounding towns as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to really just like only talk about chamber of commerce, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I do think like, I can't speak for all the others because I totally thought the same thing. I'm like, are we just going to be around a bunch of old bags, like sipping on their coffee and we're just like going <laughs> to look at each yeah. other or are you going to help me along actually? Do you know yeah. what social media is or... No, I think this is a good topic because we haven't talked about this before, how to leverage local resources, right? It's like all the things that business owners used to do before social media that are still valid. And I think we overlook them. At least I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah Jane. Sorry. (laughs) You're fine. Like on the South shore, I know that there's a lot of other, um, like groups, like people are trying to put together these like networking groups. And I don't know about Mm -hmm. you ladies, but like, I don't want to limit myself by having chosen which like group to join. Um, and I feel like when you join something like a chamber of commerce, that's such a broader, um, 
with just a wider range of types of businesses and people. Um, so it doesn't feel like, well, I picked that group to hang out with and I'm not picking this group. And, you know, there's like a click factor and stuff that I just didn't want to get messy with when I started my business mm-hmm. um, because they do, they approach and they're like, join our group, join this. And it's like, well, what's right for me? Um, so that I can remain open to not limit myself of who I'm connecting with, I guess. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I was just going to say one other thing on this topic that it's reminding me of is, um, a local resource that I have found helpful. And it's actually reminding me to engage with them again, but a lot of colleges and universities have like women in business or women in entrepreneurship, um, centers and, um, dedicated resources. So I'm thinking of just down the road from a university of Hartford has a whole center and they have, you know, how to start business seminars, but then they'll bring in guest experts of people who have created their own businesses to speak in front of different audiences. They do webinars on different topics and they're constantly doing spotlights on social media and through their email list of local female business owners. So colleges and universities are oftentimes really good um, networking opportunities as well. And they give free resources, which is amazing. So you can both be a student and a leader in their community. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I be super selfish, but I know that it's going to be helpful information for our listeners. Let's talk about reels because I feel like they are everyone's love to hate, uh, love to hate social media aspect, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone's got the pictures down on the grid and TikToks are a little bit more relaxed. You feel like you can sort of do whatever you want. Instagram reels my feeling around them is like, oh my gosh, I have to be so polished. This has to be like video quality, whatever. And tell us why we should be using them and, and like what results you've gotten. If, if you have like tangible stuff you could talk about, and then like, how do we crack this nut and make it easier? Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Reels. Mm. So you want to use them because Instagram rewards you for using their latest features, right? They're going to push out your content more, the more features that you use everything from stories to carousels, to regular video reels, all of it. So as much as you can use as many components of the app as possible, um, because you will be rewarded. And the other thing, as far as, you know, this growing your reach and 10,000 followers and this and that, like, great, but you don't. I always tell my clients, like, we don't want to go viral, right? Like viral is not the people who are going to become my customers. So making sure that we're creating content that is so hyper-focused on our ICA or our ideal client um, is the key, right? What I have found to be enjoyable for me. And again, you do not have to dance. You do not have to show your face. If you're a product-based business, or if you're just showing a process or how you put together lunches for the kids, whatever it is, like, it's just a fun way to show what you do. So it's more intriguing. I think more than anything, like people have found me, they've hired me just because they've seen my videos just because, and I haven't gone viral. I think the most I've ever gotten might be like 10,000 views on something for me personally. I've had clients that did a lot better than that, but for me, it's like nothing crazy. And 
they just like the energy, the presentation. So it's not about being perfectly polished. It's just about presenting you in a fun way. So mm-hmm. it's so boring. Like I'm, t- we're tired of all the carousels. They're important because they keep people on your post for longer. And it's important to, you know, use that different feature, but it's just like such an opportunity to make like what you do actually interesting, right? Like rather than being like, and this is how you're going to create your strategy um, and just follow these five points. And here we go. It's like, well, watch me dance around and point to bubbles. And that's a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the three things I will say about reels, if you want to jot this down, um, is <laughs> use a hook, you know, either the words that are coming out of your mouth or the text that you use in the first three seconds. If you're not doing like super tight something right in those first few seconds, you're going to lose people. It takes a lot to get someone to stop scrolling. Right. Um, the other thing is keep it short. I would suggest nine to 12 seconds. I would never make a 60 second reel just don't do it. Um, or 30, even for that matter, if you want to make long form video, make long form video, don't Mm -hmm. mask it as a reel. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, you know, just make sure you're providing value for the people you want to, because once you go viral or you get all these views, these followers start flooding in. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, I don't actually, I'm not actually interested in what you're doing. I just followed you because you just had a video of your dog, like, and it was adorable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your engagement will go down and it'll just be like a hot mess building back up from there. But, um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about the hook part. Okay. People always say that have a hook and I'm like, okay, great. What does that exactly mean? Like, give us an example. Yeah. So let's say I cracked the algorithm. That's my hook. Right. So people are going to stop because they're like, did you now, even though, you know, that's probably an overused one. Um, I promise your kid will eat this. That was like another one, right? Like something that is that they need, what do they need from you? So Mm -hmm. like save yourself three hours a week with this tip, Um, you know, whatever that looks. And don't overload your reel with text in every second of it. Refer to your caption, get people to stay on your post for as long as possible. So put all that juicy information down in the caption, reference a save, like save this for later. If you don't have time, that kind of thing, people need to be Mm -hmm. told what to do. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, what about something that I am always like debating? Um, and this is why I work with social media experts with, for some of my clients is like, do you hop on the latest trend or do you try to create something original or is it a mixture of both in terms of your real strategy? Cause it can be daunting to create something original, but at the same time, hopping on a trend doesn't always fit your brand or your purpose specifically. So would love your thoughts. Yeah. So I would say it's definitely a mix. So the benefits of using a trend and using trending audio and all of that is that it's trending and Instagram continues to push that out that much more than say something that's just like alone on an island over here that they've never heard of. Um, So for those reasons, it's definitely beneficial. Of course, you always want to relate it to your business. There are enough trends to go around. If one's not good for you, pick a different one. Um, But definitely, I always suggest going to the audio page of whatever audio you want to use of the trend 
and just watching video after video to see like how people are using it. What is the trend actually? Did I catch a video that was like not really the trend, but it was the music or, or what does that look like? Um, because then you'll generally be able to find some way to hook it into your business. Um, but yeah, a little mix of both. Originality is great. And I mean, make things that you love, right? So don't always feel like you have to just fit into this square box over here when you're over here being like a triangle, be that triangle, you know, and when it works and when they can cross paths, you can do, you can do both. That's great. I just had, um, is anyone else watching Squid Games? No, I haven't yet. Uh, there, so <laughs> side note, you just made me think of it. Spe- talking about viral, um, I feel like everyone on the planet is watching it, including me and the employees in the game wear these masks that have triangles and squares and circles. And I, uh, sorry, I just had flashbacks from last night. It's a very intense show. So total side note, is it recommended that we watch this? Yes. hundred percent. Watch it now. Go after this call. Good watch game. good games. I'm on it. <laughs> Everyone's watching it and it's very, very intense. Okay. Uh, so like, you're not going to be able to relax, but. Oh, okay. I don't relax anyway. <laughs> Throw on a TV yeah. show. What difference does it make? But I like this. Don't, I like this. I feel like that makes it a little bit more. Um, this makes it more digestible for me. Like, yeah. I feel like I can actually like attack this now, as opposed to just ignore the fact that I should be doing them and not do them because they're hard. And honestly, you know, use the transitions as much as you can. They have elements in reels for a reason. So utilize the time or utilize the alignment tool practice. You're not going to just become an expert on making them overnight. Transitions for certain things still make me absolutely bonkers. Um, and sometimes you just have to give up and move on. Yeah. Yeah. We've been trying, we need to do reels for this. We have an Instagram account for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have never done a reel. And we feel like we talk a lot about mom life, just, you know, the crazy mom life things. And we feel like there'd be so many good opportunities for reels, but we just haven't made it a priority. So maybe we'll start to start to do some reels. Definitely. And something like a podcast, it's perfect for, because go on a more viral scale, right? Because the one in one person is a mom, right? Like, so it's pretty, (laughs) pretty easy target as far as who you're reaching. Someone will be able to relate. Um, you know, social media specifically is a little bit different. Um, people don't always get on social media to learn about social media. So that can be tricky for my end, but yes, moms and the reels that you can make, like, oh my gosh, you know, I always just say, start recording content, get short five second video clips here and there you're bound to be able to put it all into a reel at some point. That's Mm. great. So what, um, just to like summarize your experience working with business owners, when you, is there one thing that you wish more business owners knew about using social media for business? Or is there like one mistake you consistently see your clients making when you first come on board that like, we all need to know about and just stop doing (laughs) to make make ourselves more successful. And so that you stop pulling your hair out. (laughs) I mean, I think just stop overthinking it, just go for it. You can always delete 
And, you know, I feel like when we're, you know, with anything, whether we're putting the pressure on ourselves or have certain expectations as a mom, as a business owner, as someone making reels, like just throw them out the window as best you can and just like do what feels right and what feels good for you. Um, Don't, you know, grind your teeth over the freaking caption and, you know, are my hashtags right and stuff. If the content is cool and you love it, the people who you're trying to reach are going to see that. And that's really what matters. Interesting. I think that's an interesting hurdle that I have to overcome because I am by nature and by nature of the work that I do for my clients, I'm very strategic and I'm about planning and I'm about being thoughtful and having intention. And I think that there's an element of that within social media, but I work with social media managers on my client accounts because I have that strategic aspect, but then I do not have the trending, the, and so I need other people to bring me over to that side or say like, Hey, that's great. But in order for this to actually be consumable and shareable and savable, this is the angle we need to take it. And so sometimes it's hard to think about that with your day-to-day life. Like Danielle and I were talking about the reels. Like, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's cool. But then I like, look at my day-to-day and I'm like, wait, how do I make this connect? And I think to your point, we just need stop overthinking it. And I think I need to give up on the strategy aspect a little bit because social media isn't always that. Sometimes it's impulsive. It's not always intentional. It's impulsive. And sometimes that's what people need to see. Um, so I need to overcome for sure. Well, you're certainly not alone. And I feel like if you were to talk to the head of Instagram and if you follow him, like he shares all the time that like, you know, just go for it. Just do it. Just use our features. Just have fun. Like this is what it's all about. And if you follow the creators page, like these people are throwing filters on, you can't hardly even see their face. I used one of them the other day and I got more views on my story than I've ever gotten ever by just using a certain filter. And you could like, it was weird too. And so I'm just pushing it out because they were pushing it out. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So it's, you know, like, yeah, strategy is fantastic. The strategy is show up, be consistent, and then everything else will fall into place. Love it. I just heard a quote the other day and I am, I have been saying it in my head to myself for days, show up till you blow up. There and you it's go. not like blow up, like explode, yeah. you know? Blow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> Yeah, you guys up until your head literally pops off. <laughs> I am a, I'm a boy mom, so I have two boys, so I'm like explode like literally um this morning before school, I don't know, it might have been like 7:30 in the morning, I hear boom, crash, like something, you know, breaking and one the older one had thrown a plastic cockroach. <laughs> Why do we have that? I don't know at our glass chandelier in our hallway and like broke a bunch of the little bobbles off. And I was like, so when I say explode in my head, when I hear explosion, I'm like, oh my God, I am boys. Like what's exploding. (laughs) I can relate Danielle, (laughs) even with young ones, like it's just so instinctual for them. It's insane. So, but yes, we want the good kind of blow up, meaning expanding your reach and increasing your leads. Um, but that kind of actually piggybacks on a question I wanted to ask because you've grown a lot in the last year and you talked about how your family life and being able to spend time with your daughter does take priority. So like, how have you 
built a business that works for you rather than you just working for your business. Cause I think that can be really hard, especially in the early stages of getting new clients and scaling. It's so hard, right? Um, I wasn't like, I don't know what I expected in the first year, but I was expecting it to be like easy breezy. I was like, I'll be in control of how much work I take on all this stuff. And then quickly you're like the expectations you have for yourself. I'm like, well, if I'm going to grow it, I'm going to grow it. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I wake up early, I meditate, I try to take care of myself and my own needs as best I can so that then my day is as productive as it possibly can be. Um, I wake up at four every morning and I work until my daughter wakes up. Um, and then she goes to daycare three half days a week. Um, so on those days I'm home, you know, without her around and I'll get those things done that I need to, um, do my calls and, you know, go on location and all of that. But it's really, and then just asking for help when I need it from my husband specifically, um, if I need to work weekends, which has been, you know, more than I would care to admit lately, um, you know, it's not going to be forever. And I do see that. I think the most frustrating part is the moments when I'm in it and I'm so busy that I don't have time to plan. How am I going to get out of this, Mm -hmm. this like never ending circle? which was, you know, when we were moving and like all of that on top of everything in the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think truthfully, like taking care of myself, because when I don't, my minutes are wasted. I find that my head is somewhere else. I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not, you know, following my to-do list for the day. I'm distracted. Um, so whatever it takes to, you know, go for a walk, go to the beach, you know, meditate, all of that. Good advice. Great. I need to do that more. One day this year, I went to the beach after I did school drop off and read for 20 minutes before I started work. And that was wonderful. But I love that advice because you have to take care of yourself. Sometimes I feel like I just have so much going on that I'm just scrolling or looking at my to-do list if I have a to-do list. And I think that's those moments are when you need to take care of yourself and totally reset. I, and that's, I'm so glad you brought this up because real quick scrolling is like the worst thing we can do, whether we're like, whether it's for personal use or for professional use, I just feel like we're not recognizing how much we're consuming and how much is going in there. That's taking up space that you need for other mm-hmm. things. So I always set, always, I try to always set an intention when I log on. So I'm going to look through reels for 20 minutes and, you know, save as many audios as I think I need to and put them in my client folders and all that or whatever it is so that I don't look down and be like, well, where was that hour, you know, and Mm -hmm. now I'm upset with myself because something didn't get done. And now I have to pick up my daughter and now I'm the self-loathing and all of that. So yeah. That's mm-hmm. all so relatable. Even just like I'll set a task for a client and then I like perfection come over me. And then I'm like, okay, that took three hours and I allocated 45 minutes for it. So now I've like blown the rest of my day and then everything else backs up. And it's like, sometimes you just need to be like, okay, good. is good. And move on. It's interesting. You talked about the morning routine. Cause I'm trying to get back into that now that my 
10 month old is sleeping better. And I just feel like I have a little bit more space, but something else I'm finding is that I end up working right up until the minute, sometimes a few minutes past when I need to leave to go get my boys from daycare and school. And it's a really short drive. And I feel like I'm never switching off the work part. And typically in the past, I've been then as soon as the boys go back to bed uh, or go to bed, I log back on and my husband and I usually work at night, which we're both trying to break that habit. So something I'm going to try to do, um, I don't know if it will be successful. And I don't know if either of you can relate is like take 10 minutes in between when I wrap up work and go get the kids to kind of either meditate or just take some deep breaths to transition out of work and be like, okay, work is done for the day. I'm done thinking about work. I'm leaving it there and transitioning to getting the kids. Cause what I'm finding is I'll get the kids and I'm still thinking about work and totally overwhelmed about my to-do list. And then I'm not present with them yet. I'm not actually doing work. And so I'm just in this weird gray zone of like misery. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. It's like the not being where your feet are, right? Like it's so frustrating because you can see them and they're, and they feel it right. Like Lumi will pick up on it in no time. She's like, well, I can tell that you're not really here with me, mom. So I'm going to throw everything Mm -hmm. down the stairs. Um, to, to maybe get your attention and then I'm going to show you, you know, it's like, <coughs> excuse me, we've all had a cold, but we're COVID free promise. <laughs> we you can't catch this for podcasts as far as I know, I know right? Good. Thank God. <laughs> it's so true. They do pick up on that. My son, my, I have, a, how old is, um, is your daughter? Two and a half. Okay. Yeah my youngest is the same age and he is, he picks up on it like that. And then he's all of a sudden doing something he shouldn't be doing or whining, like Mm -hmm. starts to whine and wants me to pick him up or whatever. Yeah. Like where I know first and foremost, we're moms, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you, speaking of being a mom, if knowing that our audience is moms, we always like to ask our guests, like, uh, if you were to share a better way with fellow mompreneurs based on your own experience, what would that be and why? And I'd love to know what your better way would be based on the last year of building and growing your business. Yeah. So I feel like I can always do more meditating. (laughs) Um, but you know, for me, um, I am an alcoholic in recovery. And so putting down alcohol was a huge aspect for me. Um, I, you know, it's been over four and a half years now. So Lumi knows, thank you. So I, Lumi's never seen me drink. Right. And I can't imagine having been where I was while I had a child. Um, but all I want to say, is like not to condemn drinking in any way, but if, I feel like the message from me is if you feel like it's not going great, like maybe it's a little too much, or maybe the anxiety is just like really getting you to consider what it would be like to just like put it down for a month and see what that does for you. Because for me, I like couldn't have imagined my life without it, but now I like can't imagine going back to that because it's just such a gift um, to be able to choose for my own life. And I know that like, there's a lot of mom culture that's like revolving around drinking and mom juice and all of that. And I, in no way am throwing shade or condemning anything because 
you all didn't see the way I drank and the way I drank and nobody wants to see that, you know, but if there's somebody else listening, I'm always an open book. Please reach out, um, about what that looks like, because I couldn't do anything if I was drinking and, um, I get like a freaking chance now, you know, I, every day is like, okay, well, I have an opportunity to at least try, um, So that is my better way. Um, and it's certainly not for everyone and it's not needed for everyone, but I know I'm not alone. So I just wanted to share that. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. And thank you for sharing that with us. Cause I'm yeah. sure that that does resonate with our audience. I think we all have vices or coping mechanisms that we use, whether or not we realize it or not. And I actually think you're bringing up something really interesting that we haven't talked about in the podcast and that might be worth talking about in the future is that running your own business and being an entrepreneur, whether you're a solopreneur or you're building a business with a team under you, it literally requires you to transform yourself as a person. Like Mm -hmm. it requires every aspect of you to be showing up in a way that being an employee didn't. And I've worked in hard and stressful jobs. And this journey has literally required me to look at every aspect of my life and figure out how can I optimize it to then optimize my business. And I think that you, you sharing that experience and that very personal and intentional choice is just one of the examples that it really does require you to be your best self. And I think you may have mentioned that the earlier, um, in the interview is just how you've invested in yourself to then invest in your business. And I think that that's really interesting and how, moms can do that because we're definitely, um, we have a lot of challenges, um, and a lot of things demanding our time. And it can be really easy to either hide from some of them or face them head on. And I, I think I commend you for sharing that because I think that can be really relatable to people. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on today. So Sarah Jane, for those that are listening and want to either connect with you or learn more, where can they find you? So you can definitely find me on Instagram at Veloisa Media. Um, Just shoot me a DM, follow along. I share lots of tips and tricks um, for free on my page. And then also you can email Veloisa Media at Gmail um, if you want to chat or if you're curious about anything. And then I I do have a website, which is voiceofmedia.com. I am currently booked for the rest of 2021, but if you're looking for social help in 2022, I am your girl. So let me know. Awesome. Is there a wait list that you've started that people can get on if they're interested, or is it best to just reach out to you via DM or email? Just reach out to me um, via DM. I I don't want to waste people's time. So I like to connect beforehand to make sure it will be a good fit before I place you on a wait list. Awesome. Perfect. Well, for anyone listening, we'll include that information in the show notes as well. Um, so you can easily connect with Sarah Jane. It's been amazing. Wonderful conversation. Anytime. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I know our listeners are going to love this one. Um, so we appreciate all of the expertise and story you shared. And to our listeners, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. 
And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.